Hey guys, just wanted to take a, a second of your time to talk about a new bra head company that has appeared on the scene to deliver high quality bra heads at an affordable price. Exact Archery and the Exact Bra Heads deliver high quality, durable, and constant bra heads for a fraction of the price working directly with manufacturers they deliver. Order a three pack of four blade bra heads today for just $20 at www.exactarchery.com. Use the promo code BLADE22 to get free shipping. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 68 of the Blue River Bow Hunting Podcast. Uh, it's cool to start uh, knocking these episodes out again, and it's always fun to be uh, behind the mic. And I'm, I'm super excited for this episode. It's an episode that uh, has been a long time coming. Me and uh, my guest here have talked about it about a thousand times and finally put it together. Uh, but Victor Gruska, what's going on, man? What's going on, brother? Good to be uh, here. I appreciate your time coming on and everything. Uh, we've talked about this a million times. It seems like we finally put it together. And you know what the funniest part of it is? We live in the same county in the state I of Indiana. <laughs> right. You live like probably like less than 10 minutes from me, I think. Yeah, I think I'm 15 minutes to your neck of the woods. Yes, sir. Well, uh, Victor, for somebody that doesn't know you, uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Well, um, I'll keep it simple. My name is Victor Garisco. I grew up in the great state, uh, the mitten state of Michigan. And uh, I, I, I spent all of my uh, formidable years uh, in deep snow and uh, lots of deer hunting. And that's what I grew up doing in the state of, of Michigan. I, I moved out of Michigan for work. And that was the only reason. And I haven't been back since uh, I did move back one time, but I haven't been back to live there since 2000. Uh, no, it was 1999 was the last time I lived in in Michigan. So Maine for seven years and Indiana since 2006. And growing up in Michigan, you can't get out of the state um, in the south part without going through Indiana or maybe Ohio. And I was once going through Indiana, and I never thought I would ever live in the long, boring state <laughs> of Indiana. And where am I at? Right smack dab in the middle of the state. So, <laughs> right. You know, I love Indiana. I really do. So I do too. You know, um, you know, we we've gotten a lot more attention in the last few years uh, for obvious reasons. A couple of big deer have been killed here in Indiana, but mm -hmm. I think prior to that, uh, I, I honestly think we were a sleeper state. I still think we are, you know, you see some of these, right, Oh yeah. I tried not to blow that up out of proportion. You see all these big lists of top 10 States and all that stuff. I honestly don't understand how we haven't popped up on there, but uh, I'm not complaining, <laughs> not complaining at all. No, um, I mean, for me, like I kicked it right into gear. When I moved here in 06, I was connected to people that had some great properties. So I was very blessed and fortunate and was able to be around some of the deer that some of the deer I was seeing in like 2006, 2007, 2008, nine were just blowing my mind. I mean, like I saw my very first Boone and Crockett deer live on the hoof from the tree stand right here in the state of Indiana. And, um, I mean, it's we, 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 we say it's a hidden gem and we don't know why it's blown up. And we, you know, we hush when people, you know, talk about Indiana being a sleeper state and we want to stay that way. But I mean, honestly, I mean, we're right next to Ohio, which is a great state. I mean, I'm where we are 20 minutes and I'm in Ohio. Um, 
in Illinois, yeah, oh, Kentucky. I mean, the river divides us, but I mean, they've all got great deer. It's about deer management. It's what it, really what it's all about. Michigan, hopefully, will get there one day. Michigan yeah, seen, will hopefully get there. I don't know. It's been a minute, but I've as long some, as they have two bucks, ain't going to happen. Yeah, I was kind of going to fall on that same thing, but like I've seen some stuff on social media here recently. Some people mm-hmm. have shared from Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think they're maybe trying to get that put in motion, I think. It's what they're it looks trying. Like. They're really trying, and it seems like they're trying harder and harder um, now. But, um, I mean, the stats that I saw, um, I don't remember who put them out. I believe it was somebody independent of the DNR, but – um, they put out stats I read earlier in the fall about um, when Indiana started the one buck rule um, back in the 90s, I believe. And, and every year, especially at those decades, it got better and better as far as higher. I mean, the, the documented number of uh, Boone and Crockett deer that were killed just it, it, it skyrocketed, especially after like year 10. Um, guys just got picky, you know, like. Um, I mean, I have a rule that if I get super excited, I, and, and there's, you know, a lot of emotion involved, I'm, I'm probably going to, you know, you know, that's going to, that deer is going on my wall and in my freezer. Um, oh, for sure. but you know, to have the opportunity to be in a state that, you know, you can actually do that in Michigan, just, I mean, I still have a lot of family back there and, um, our mutual friends, the, the boys from Midstate outdoors, I just hung out with, um, Zach and Jake. Um, well, there's like 20 Zachs and 20 Z- Jakes. <laughs> right. um, um, uh, you got to be a Jack, a Jake or a Zach to be a part of Midstate Outdoors somehow. Uh, I think you have to do like a name change. But uh, they were just down here in Indiana for, over the weekend. Um, it was rough. It's 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 muzzleloader season. Oh, for I sure. mean, you know. Um, but like that, we had that conversation. You know, when Michigan does that, you guys are boys. You boys are going to be in the chips. No, oh, it may sure. take 10 years, but you're going to be there. So, you guys, know. Just, now that we're talking about, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, uh, right. Now what we're kind of talking about Indiana, I've talked about it on the past two podcasts because I've had Indiana guests on with me. Is there anything that you think Indiana could do uh, on any sort of level for the DNR that would benefit them or in your mind benefit you maybe? You know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, and, and this is just my opinion. I'm not a biologist. Um, I'm just a deer hunter. Uh, but one of the things that I think that I kind of envy are the states like Illinois, and I know they're not perfect either. Um, I think our DNR does a, a decent job, um, better than some other states that I've been in the past. But um, they, I, I would love to see our firearm season kind of be like that weekend deal that Ohio and uh, Illinois do. I think that would just make us, we're already great, but I think that would just make us even better. You know, we've dealt with a lot of, I like to kill those. Um, and we've dealt with, I mean, counties that I hunted when I first moved here, I won't name those counties. Um, but some counties that I moved when I moved here in 06, you could kill four or five doe. Um, and I think even the highest County had like six doe limit for, for your doe kill. And, and for a lot of reasons, you know, you know, CWD and, or whatever, EHD, whatever's going around (laughs) in the deer world, that's wiping them out. And, and one of the counties that I primarily hunted in for the last 10 years, uh, you couldn't even kill a donut this year. Yeah. Um, last year it was so bad. I mean, they were people that were fine. They found more dead deer per square mile than they could. I mean, their minds were blown. So, um, that, that was sad. Um, and I think, you know, zero does tells you that, you know, they got to get back control of the deer population. But I mean, I've had, 
I think that if we could do something like that, you know, where we would, and I don't know that that would happen, but if we could change our gun season and not be always right in the middle of the, the rut and, you know, make it like a, a, a weekend and then in a, in, a, in a month, another weekend and that's it. Um, but they just wouldn't take the numbers of deer because they, they want those numbers to go down. So, I I mean, that would be my dream wish. If I had a wish list of things that the Indiana DNR would do, um, that would be it, I guess. Um, other than that, I mean, I think it's great. Um, as long as they keep the youth season out in front of the adult season, I'm going to be a happy camper. Absolutely. How did you like the gun season a week later than it had been in years past this year? See, I like that. I mean, obviously the rut falls pretty strong right in there and the weather was pretty decent. Um, that opening weekend here. Oh my goodness. Um, I primarily, you know, I, now that I'm retired from law enforcement and, um, and I'm in my going, coming, creeping up on my second year of retirement and full time of just doing production stuff, primarily filming weddings. That's where I make, make the, the, the bulk of my living as a retired man. Um, my weekends in uh, September, October and no, and most of November are shot, but I have the weekdays, man, that opening weekend, I was just looking at my trail cameras the whole time I was filming the wedding and <laughs> my Antone's out hunting and I'm just you know, checking in with him. And uh, I mean, it was just like, you know, the rut, the weather, everything was just like, per- it was, it was a great opening weekend. So I felt um, like it gave a chance for some of those big mature bucks to breed and to yeah. kind of do their thing before the orange army really hit strong, mm-hmm. which yeah. I was a huge fan of. And, and I laugh about it like the last show I did with uh, Jake Collette from Blue Collar Whitetails. I was mm-hmm. laughing because the the day I killed mine would have been our normally our opening day of gun. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know me, I, I'd rather have a bow out there than a gun, so yep. I like it. Yeah, that was a good little slice of time right there. I mean, we uh, I'll talk, I'll talk more about it later. But I mm-hmm. mean, like we as a family, like we um, and I've just been editing this this this. Um, this short film for these film festivals. Um, and today was, you know, I was just timing it down and I, and I was in all of our footage and it just reminded me again of how awesome October was good for, for the bow, but mm-hmm. how awesome, like it was like the third, the second or third of November all the way until Antone killed on the 19th was absolutely just on fire. Oh, absolutely. And it was just, it was happening. Uh, got a few warm days in there that kind of you know nocturnalized a few a few of those days but i mean just like the the sheer amount of just two-year-olds three-year-olds four-year-olds that we were seeing on their feet especially like that ninth tenth and eleventh it was phenomenal it was phenomenal so yeah i used um uh, intel from cameras and previous hunts we had a saying me and adam had a saying this year that a, a buck will do the same thing twice but he'll mm-hmm. never do it three times yep. and we capitalized on that uh big time which was able for me to produce what i did and and shoot my deer on the on the 11th we seen him do the exact same thing the day mm-hmm. prior uh made a move and, and it paid out big time yep that's just i mean it's just it and i love the strategizing and the game um I spend so much time uh, behind the camera, and I have for the last ten to twelve years. That this was this was the second year in a row that I've actually these last two years I've spent a lot more time. I'm hunting more locally. Um, I very rarely in the last um, seventeen years or so that I've lived in Indiana, um, I've very rarely hunted 
this county that we live in mm -hmm. and and i've and i've so solely hunted just this county this year and most of last year other than my trips down to triple o um just to try to kill a doe and just to do some content for triple o um i that which was the main reason i was down there um but just to go hunt somewhere else i mean like i'm i'm satisfied with where i'm what what county we live in and um yeah you know if you know us, you know what county we live in. If you don't, um, I mean, the price is right. I'll talk to you, man. I you didn't. Know? I didn't kill a doe, or not a doe. I didn't kill a buck in this county until 2021. Um, but I hadn't hunted that county until 2021. Uh, I pr primarily hunt Hancock County. I'll go ahead and throw a name out there. Woo! Uh, it's uh, becoming one of the. Oh, yeah, biggest, is. baddest counties. And I've known it for a long time. The, the One of the properties that I hunt um, has been one of those properties for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, I think people are starting to really finally oh, yeah. see that county produce uh, with the yeah. Robbie Rowan buck this year yeah. and everything like that. It's it's yeah. kind of blowing up. And we and we both know Tim. Tim's just a great guy. His, uh, oh, for Robbie's, sure. Robbie's father-in-law. Yep. And, um, like, I mean, that's not like they, they legit – Oh yeah. Um, if he's if he's part of the the Conley clan, they legit work for their deer. They don't just you know. Uh, I mean, it, it was it is that will probably be the the Indiana record for for a little bit. I would say what a giant. Oh, yeah, yeah, right there and right there in that that county that you want to name. But <laughs> yeah. I don't hunt it, so yeah. I haven't killed a deer in our. I've killed some. Um, no, I have not killed a deer in our county. So that's a goal of mine this year. <laughs> so. Um, all of mine have been, uh, a couple of counties South of us or so. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I, I haven't killed a deer in, in, in my home County, um, yet, but I have really honestly just truly started hunting it, um, the last two years. So, um, we will, it will happen. I'm, I, and I think it'll happen this year to be honest with you. So oh, I hope so, buddy. That'd be really yep. cool to see. Um, a question I normally start with, and I haven't asked it for a while, but how did you get started, uh, in the outdoors? Well, um, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm an old man now. Um, um, when we get done with this podcast, I have to go back to the nursing home. So, but, uh, <laughs> we, uh, not that old, but we, uh, I, like in Michigan and like your family, when your family's hunt, you hunt. Oh, and absolutely. I mean, it's just part of life and you don't know anything any different. So, you know, I grew up with a, my dad's side of the family. My dad was a big hunter, really big recurve hunter. Um, and then my mom's side of the, her family, they were all, they were all just diehard hunters as well. So it's like, it, it, I got the double take. I mean, like some of, some of my cousins and stuff, you know, they, a couple of them, I got a little of the bite. Um, I got, I got it from both sides of the, of, 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 of the faucet and, like I just have loved hunting, but in Michigan, back when I was growing up, you couldn't hunt by yourself until you were 12 years old and you had to have hunter safety. So I can remember my dad taking me out to the woods, sitting on one of his properties with him while he was shotgun hunting. And we hunted from the ground and, and I lived in Southern Michigan. We couldn't rifle hunt on um, the Northern half of the state. You could, the Southern half was more populated. You couldn't. And, um, and, and so that, that, that excitement started for me young, I can remember, you know, getting the first, you know, like a North American whitetail magazine and like, you know, like these big bucks and reading some articles and that growth because we didn't have social media. Um, I mean, this was back in the day. I'll, let's just get right to it where we still had a, a phone in my house 
that had a cord connected to it. So, you know, that's how old I am. And, um, you know, we didn't have, you know, videos and stuff. It wasn't until I was in my twenties that I was, I got my first monster buck video, um, and my first Primos videos and my first Drury videos. And they were all on VHS tapes. And let me tell you, I wore those tapes out. And oh, yeah. that's really for me when that just as I got into my 20s, um, you know, because you grew up just shotgun hunting. It was kind of the same. You know, you got to get them close. It's not how far it's how close you get them. And then to me, the next step was my dad was a bow hunter. But I remember I got my first bow and I was in my 20s. I was probably 23 or so. Mm-hmm. And um, and I got my first bow. My dad was so into the recurve world. That's where he just that's how he hunted. Um, he couldn't even help me because he was so instinctive. He was like, ah, sights, um, <laughs> put it on there. You know, I didn't know how to. And I got so frustrated with it that I, you know, the pro shop just they had me set up wrong. They just didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just went the pro shops around like they are today. And I, I moved out to Maine and I and I found this pro shop within six months of my arrival and I stopped in and I saw my first Matthews MQ32. Mm-hmm. Now, up to that point, I had been hunting for three years with a bow. I had missed probably three or four deer. Um, I still lived in Michigan. I had um, just didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't hit the brown, broad, broad side of a barn. Today, I would have told myself back then, do not go into the woods and hunt because you suck. <laughs> and um, I wanted to just quit on it because I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I did shoot a doe when I was in Michigan, and that was my first deer. And then the next year, I moved to Maine, and I was like, I've met this guy out there um and and it it was just like he introduced me to carbon arrows they had just come out uh the matthews mq32 um and and then all of a sudden boom you start killing deer with your bow i uh, you could shoot to three deer when i lived in maine you could shoot three deer and i was for years in a row like multiple many years i was filled all three of my tags i hunted on the coast so i had you know it was really urban hunting mm-hmm. and shoot my buck, shoot two doe, shoot my buck, shoot two doe every year. It was just happening. And I just, it, it started the fire in me. And, um, and that was it, man. I just love bow hunting. I'm, I'm addicted to bow hunting so much. Oh, have no, I mean, I, I haven't even killed a deer with a muzzleloader yet. Got a muzzleloader. Going to try to do that this year, but that's really for me, that young age was 12. I mean, my, my kids, my older kids, all of my kids now, all five of my kids, they've, Killed like my youngest son or my oldest son shot his first shot of turkey before I did in Maine, and he was ten. And now my younger kids, they were shooting. They shot their first turkeys in Indiana. One was six and one was seven. And and I'm like, you know, that's him. Start them young, and you know, they that bug gets into them. So I'm kind of living my younger days now through all of my kids. So. I see that, and I love I yeah. uh, love the content that comes from it with Piper yeah. and oh, her even filming you and and then her video yeah. and everything. It's 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 really cool to see uh, you and your kids hunting, man. Yeah, because I, and I've got like um, my my older two older kids. You know, they kind of live away and they're busy and they don't really get they don't hunt that mm-hmm. much anymore at all. One of them, and then Anton came back. Um, you know, he graduated from high school and he came back around a couple years ago, and then last year was a big year for us together. So he's kind of come back and, and, and hunting. And then, and then it was like, there was a trio right now, the last two years, it's, it's, we get Piper a, a deer or a turkey and then we're ready to go. And we always say, you know, like when she's got her deer or turkey, oh, all right, now my season's over, but then we, we still continue to chase it. So two years in a row, both of them and Piper and, and 
Antone have filled their tags. And, uh, and then like, that's a new thing for us with Piper. Now she's, uh, she doesn't want to get out of the woods. So we just said, Oh, you want to film us? So now she's, she's filmed Antone once or twice and she's filmed me a lot. So we got a little routine. I pick her up after school. We get, we, one of the properties, we hunt, it's only a mile from our house. And then we're right in the blind. And, um, I have missed a deer this year, so there's no excuse. Um, she did film me miss a, a good buck. Um, I don't remember mid November. Uh, I want to say it was probably the twenties somewhere, 21, 22, somewhere in there. And I missed a good buck. Um, I'll, I don't really want to talk about it, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was, it was great. It was just like, you know, I mean, she's running the camera. Great. She did a wonderful job. And, uh, and I'm ranging this deer coming in and I'm in a blind five feet off the ground. And he got, he was getting closer and I had to lay that kind of lean down in the seat and draw my bow. Cause I didn't want to draw right up in the front of the bow and the mm-hmm. blind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't realize it until I got back. Cause I was just dumbfounded as how I missed this deer at 30 yards. And when I went down and he had stopped. And when I went down to draw, I didn't realize it until I watched the video back. He, he walked three or four more steps closer to me <laughs> and I came up and I, and it, in my sight picture, I was just so, just so focused. I, I put that 30 yard pin right behind the shoulder and I let her fly and went right, just right over the top of his back. Oh. And I was like, what in the world? And I, and I ranged kind of where I thought he was standing. and it said 19 yards. Oh. And then I went back and looked at the video and I was like, Oh, he walked three steps closer. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was dummy me, you know? So I, well, I know how it feels, buddy. Uh, what do you do? You know, this year um, it's been a while, you know, obviously, you, you know, if you're you if you don't miss you're not hunting enough you know what i mean yeah, kind of sort of thing it. It, it, it's part of bow hunting it, it hasn't happened to me in a really long time and i really didn't want it to happen on a 170 inch deer uh but it, i didn't miss i just yeah. missed my mark yep. uh, and it cost me big time yeah and you and you think about that and dream about that and it's nightmares and um, oh, but you just get back in the saddle like you've done and i mean yep. I haven't shot a deer and this will be my fourth year if I end this season without a deer. And I, I've seen a lot of, I filmed a lot of deer get killed and a lot of turkeys, but uh, I seem to have no problems filling my turkey tags, but, um, but the deer tags um, I've spent, you know, but I'm spending the odds back in my favor and I'm spending a lot more time. Once my kids get their deer down, um, I'm pretty f- hyper-focused and our last deer went down night, the 19th of November. And I've been going strong since then. And, um, you know, I had that opportunity. It was a, it wasn't a 170, but it still mm-hmm. keeps me up. Sometimes it wakes me up and, <laughs> right. and, uh, and, and startles me, but it, I'd say he's probably 125 to 128, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he was a good, one, and my daughter had that. She got the footage just right. So uh, sometimes I wish I wouldn't have told her how to run the camera so well, but she did it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's all there. It'll, it'll show up in an episode one day, but <laughs> well, that brings me to my next question. Uh, what got you started, uh, in filming in the outdoors? Yeah, you know, I've always been into just like photography and video kind of like, I, I, I tell the story this way. Um, like when I was in my teens technology then was our parents bought these consumer cameras and it started off with vhs tapes in them so you know how big the cameras are pretty big then um when it downgraded down into my um younger adult years to the like eight millimeters it was like oh man i could be like you know the real tree guys or the primos guys or you know the juries man they they got cameras and then i could bring it to the tree nobody was making camera arms 
Um, the first animal that I filmed, um, I was literally taking that camera to the stand just to document for myself. And I was sitting it on the seat. I would stand up and I would try to, hopefully it was getting in, 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 hopefully it was in there and I shot this doe and I didn't realize that all you could see was her, and then I looked at the video and all you could see was her feet walking in. I shot her and, I, and it was great doe. And I was like, huh, well, okay, that's going to take a lot of work. When I was in Maine, I, I got with the guy I referred to before, um, Jim Favreau. He had a shop up there. I don't even know if he still does or not up in Pittston, Maine. And his shop was like a gas station. This is, this is new England for you. It was a gas station, you know, kind of like a little mini supermarket and then an archery pro shop with lanes to shoot in and everything like that. I mean, and he had it all. Um, and he came up to me one day and he goes, man, you really like these hunting videos, don't you? And I said, I sure do. And he goes, I want you to watch some of my stuff. And I was like, your stuff. And so he sent me home with a, with a, with a bunch of uh, tapes to watch. And he had had a show on like the local uh, cable TV there in, in central Maine. And I was like, man, bro, this is pretty cool. He goes, I want to start a show and I want to make some DVDs. Well, we were the first couple of years, we actually made VHS tapes. I keep mm -hmm. aging myself with the technology. <laughs> but then we trucked him into the year I left it. I moved out of there in 05, 06. And I can know four. I can remember the conversation we had with Jim to like switch over to DVDs. And um, and we were an all main team. And we cause that was really where I saw videoing your hunts organized and with an actual product and an actual, and that bug right there, you know, just ate me where I was like, okay, this is for real. I mean, we were, you know, getting partnerships with, you know, Matthews and some light and knocks and broadheads. And, you know, it was like, but we had loved hunting and filming and these guys were serious about it. We had 10 of us on the team. And when I moved, um, I bought one of their cameras, a Canon XL one S, which was a little mini DVD DV tapes. And back then that was, you know, that was some high-end technology that's, you know, those were, you know, like consumer, like in between consumer and prosumer um, video camera, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it was, it was great. And I ran that filming my younger kids and, um, and I played around with it here and there. And I just kept cataloging footage, cataloging footage, cataloging hunts and just getting better at it. Um, I have a degree in, um, in filming and editing, um, I haven't gotten the paperwork yet and I don't know that they're going to ever do it, but it's called the school of YouTube. And um, <laughs> right. if I didn't I know how to do something, <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, how do you run this on your camera? And as I changed cameras and stuff, and then finally, eventually bought a camera that just, you know, right to, you know, little, you know, cards and SD cards and such. I, um, just, you know, like was just cataloging it in 2017. I was talking to some fellows. I actually like 2014, 2012, I was getting more serious about it. And, um, some of the guys that I was, I was, I was in law enforcement and a lot of the guys I was filming were, were, were cops. And I started this little thing and I just started calling it five O media. Um, and, 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 and that, and some connections that I had through, um, being on staff with fourth arrow, which is now fourth arrow and Winsent and, um, final rest and three thrasher and, um, and some other things that are going on with that entrepreneurial, uh, company there, they, um, you know, they kind of like started spurring me on and pushing me to bigger and better things. They, they saw, I guess, some raw talent there. And, um, and that's just kind of like, I thought it was going to be something with five O media, but that's what I, that's what I produce under now. And, uh, talking to a couple of guys, um, from, uh, a county, a couple of, a couple of counties South of me, 
uh, I said, I'm going to just, I'm going to start something. They were asking me questions about video cameras. I said, I'm just going to start something, man. And I said, you know, I'm tired of my footage just sitting, sitting idle and I'm learning how to edit. Um, if you guys want to be a part of it, you know, let's do it. And we kicked off, uh, this was like in 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, and in 2018, we kicked off Crimson Trail and, um, and I got the so hat on. <laughs> you got it. I see it. Got mine on. And and it's just kind of like come from there. I mean, like when you produce stuff, you know, I it started just filming myself and filming my kids for our own pleasure. Um, then, you know, when you can actually get it out there where you actually have an audience, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're eating up with with it. And especially the, the crew that, you know, we surround ourselves with. And then I'm not um, on an island. Um, I love collaboration. And so, you know, you know how you've, you've been on some hunts with me now this spring and, and others. Um, I love collaborating with other crews and I always have. And, you know, like if, if we're like-minded, like, you know, man, I don't have a corner market on this. I'm still learning from the school of YouTube. <laughs> so, um, and, and, you know, and edit and, and that passion led to me being able to start a business, you know, with it. So I now make a living um, as a retired man from my previous career filming so i have a lot of camera gear i mean all these boxes and i guarantee you, know, you do. <laughs> i mean but as i tell guys you know what keep it simple because i think that um i think what we do with this sorry here's my rabbit trail you you started this now here's my rabbit trail <laughs> so i think what we do is we always think we got to have the latest and greatest latest and greatest and everybody's like what, what what camera do you have and i'm like you know what run the wheels off of whatever you have oh, i get that totally. question a lot you know like what do you use and what do you have? don't use what i use i some of the cameras that i have i wouldn't have if i didn't have a business right and, right. and so and there's some cameras that i have um i had bought the fx6 the, the sony fx6 cinema camera i never i was never intention with and i and i have insurance on my gear I was right. coming that one was it going to the woods because i've dropped cameras from my tree strand before <laughs> And it is, you know, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do that. So mm. my, my son, I'm editing, if I, I'm editing some of his, this was his best self-filming year that he's ever had right here. Mm. Um, he filmed 90% of his footage with his iPhone 12. That's awesome. Just teach him how to do it. I mean, yeah. like you can be cinematic with it. Um, there's some, there's some draw setbacks with it and, 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 mm -hmm. and the GoPros and the, and the, and the Insta 360s and the whatever DJI mm -hmm. has for it. I mean, you know, like I don't, film and edit a show using a tacticam nothing against tacticam right but those those point of view cameras have a have a place but it's not your a camera Absolutely. And, and just keep it simple i don't sell film mm -hmm. um but he did that and i mean i mean this is I'm, it's the it's going to be my entry into these film festivals that i was talking to you about prior mm -hmm. to the show yeah um and i'm that i'm finishing up right now badlands is due on the sunday and um and then full draw film tour is due in february so um it should hopefully get something there hopefully i'm, I'm praying but it, either way that's another thing for me trying to enter into these film festivals that's what that's what challenges me to grow and to get better and At storytelling and, and you hold yourself at, at a, a certain level uh, of, of of what you want to produce and and yep. ultimately put out, which yep. when you were talking about you know the the GoPros and the Tacticams and all that stuff, that stuff yep. is great. If sure. you have uh, like this year, um, I have a very small team. I've tried to grow several times and it never really works out for me. So I'm keeping it simple with uh, you know 
I call them the homeboys, you know, that, yep. that we're a tight, tight knit group of guys. And Adam, um, shot his buck this year he couldn't get the big camera on it but he had his gopro rolling facing away from him and that's how he caught that version or you know that clip on his on his video and i said dude i am so glad you had that gopro rolling and it it happened so quick and everything but i'm kind of the same way obviously not even close to what you are are putting out with everything that you got going on but when, when i put videos together i try to hold myself as accountable on a high level as i possibly can with what i have yeah and i mean think about it i learn from other people and i grow from other people um i think sometimes in the hunting industry um then there's going through some weird changes right now mm-hmm, um, and you know like you know i mean who watches who watches pursuit outdoor or sportsman's nothing against those those venues but like this this generation coming up is um i think about like think about Bill Winky when he had Midwest, when he owned Midwest Whitetail, mm-hmm. I was, I was thinking about this in like 2011 and 12. And I tried to get on, on the show for, as part of the Indiana team. I got denied, you know, now you need to do a little more studying. I didn't take that denial as a man. And I just licked my wounds and I just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I wanted to do this and I wanted to be, I love to edit. I love to tell stories. So, you know, I just, and I can't ever afford or have the time to go to these film schools that, um, that are, that are put on out there. Um, so I just dug into YouTube and I did specific searches and I learned how to edit and I learned how to, you know, and I feel like this, like the, if you film, if you edit, you film better. Oh, so sure. I always tell guys, if you edit, you film better. Cause you're like, you know, I don't really like necessarily editing other people's footage. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they know what they're doing or have a decent idea, because it's a lot more work trying to make that look better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, I still mess up. I mean, I've, I've hit the, um, my daughter's hunt this year. I got so excited, but I was, I was trying to take an ND filter off the front because it was screwing up. And then she's got her butt coming in and he got to like 50, 30 yards. And I just got that ND filter off. And I was, and I always tell people this, don't double punch that record button. You know, that's a rookie mistake. And I make comments like that. The old man, like, dealt, and I went to look back because he, the, the little buck kind of came up and then he looked into the food plot and nothing was there. And he turned around and went back down into the woods. And I was like, oh, I want to see this footage. And I went back and there was nothing there because I had turned that record button on and off so many times and all that excitement. So, I mean, even in all the years that I've been filming, I still get excited and I still screw things up. But you know what? I don't make a living off of this hunting stuff. Absolutely. That's, that's what sure. I tell my team. And, you know, and I had a conversation with, with, with a, an individual yesterday um, from the, the industry that was trying to be a part of something. Hey, you know, do you know these people? And I looked at it and I'm like, listen, they're promising you that you're going to make all this money for if you're a part of their team and everything like that. I'm like, man, I've been in the industry, um, you know, just connected and, 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 and all these years, just being a passionate person. And I'm like, there's no, I mean, if you're making money in the outdoor industry, you you know, you have a product, uh, you're an outfitter or, you know, you are just, you're, you're out there. Most Mm -hmm. of the, most of the money, it seems like that these shows that have to pay, you know, to be on these um, network television shows for hunting, they have to pay. And that's totally backwards anyways, than network television, Um, you know, where, you know, they, they, they raise their funds through commercials and then, Mm -hmm. you know, you get paid to actually have a show on, you know, you get some money and, you know, we pay for that commercial time in the outdoor industry. And so now it's just 
I mean, I don't know any way to say this, but I'll just say it like it is. Mm-hmm. Now it's just rich people, guys who got deep pockets. Nothing against you if you do, right. but it's the guys that got the deep pockets. And then, you know, because, you know, sponsored shows are, you know, a lot of companies just don't want to throw that kind of money now to be on, to get that kind of coverage when they can get just as much or even better sometimes through streaming media. We're on carbon TV. Mm-hmm. Um, um, now there's, there's another, there's other options out there, you know, to stream there's YouTube, YouTube's kind of becoming more popular again. Um, and then, you know, there's waypoint, which you got to pay to be on. They've kind of yeah. got that same model. You got to pay. I've went through that and, whole, uh, that whole waypoint thing with, yep. with this podcast. Uh, yep. the guy that runs it, uh, got a hold of me. We set up a meeting, uh, I'm I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm a I'm I'm a pretty cut cut dry kind of guy. Yep. He said that I needed to pay. I think it was six or seven hundred dollars uh, a year to be on that. And I said, buddy, I'm this nothing against what you have going on here. This is all fun for me. I, yep. I'm not look getting more people to listen to this. Isn't obviously I want more people to listen to it. That's right. why you know that's anything YouTube podcast. You want more people to pay attention to your stuff. But right. I'm not going to pay for that. I want it to be an organic thing. I want yes. to. I, I ran into a guy. My my cousin actually does like um, streaming video game stuff, and he was mm-hmm. talking about bow hunting. Got brought up somewhere, and the guy said, "I listened to a podcast called Blue River Bow Hunting." My cousin said, "Well, that's my cousin. You know, it was just a small world. The guy was from Louisiana, mm-hmm. out of all places. You know, people. You yep. know, just probably searched bow hunting on podcasts and found yep. me that way. And that's yep. that's how I like it. And and you know and. I'm the I'm the same the way and and the producers that I, I've organically you know as I've organically grown it's just through friendships that I've met in the industry, um, you know like I look at my team, um, John Reese is uh, probably the longest standing person that I've known on my on my team, and he and I met through being a part of Fourth Arrows Pro Staff mm-hmm. and going to ATA with them and challenge them challenging us I can remember how they first challenged me uh, um, side note was um, Rob Winall, the the owner of uh, Fort Darrell, he uh, he came to me at a, at the, at one of the ATA shows and he's like, I got this idea, and um, he goes, I want to do this little commercial for our wind scent unit um, because we've got this new scent it's called Donut Shop for bears, and you bear hunt, and he goes, and you're in law enforcement, we just didn't want to be offensive and do something, we wanted to do something with law enforcement and cops and donuts and then this 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 new scent. And we didn't want to know, would, would people be, would cops be offended by that? And I'm like, uh, no. And if they are, then they shouldn't be cops because <laughs> we'd, we'd love that, you know? So the wheels started turning. Here we go. Like, how can I promote this? How can I market this? And um, you can still dig it up. It's out there. And it got a lot of, we got a lot of traction with them. Uh, I would say this is probably 2016 or 17 in there. And, um, and I made this little video with some guys that I'd worked with on this task force here locally. Um, and, uh, we, we threw donuts in there and we had a great Jack's donuts, by the way, <laughs> and awesome. uh, they got some free advertisement and we threw that in there and made it and they just loved it. And that was to me like the, 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 the dive, that was me jumping off the diving board into a, an area that I just felt so uncomfortable. Like, man, I don't, I don't think I can do this. Um, and, and just being creative and thinking creative from a marketing standpoint. But yeah, like, like for me, I am all about free. Um, you know, and John and I got to know each other through that. And then he came along, you know, and jumped on Crimson Trail. And, and we, we don't, you know, we've moved around, but I've, I've, I've got like this, I surrounded myself with people who are passionate about the same things that I am. And that's how I grow. And I work with other, you know, one of my good friends that I met at the ATA at the, um, 
at the Fort Thero booth, um, probably 2016, um, Nick McCorder from Kentucky. I mean, we met at the ATA, and in June, he was on a bear hunt with me up in Canada with his dad, and he had a, a YouTube show called Empty Quiver. We hung, we we did, we filmed. He came here and filmed a waterfowl hunt in Indiana, and I, you know, we filmed together and, and brought him. And just that camaraderie, I've always that's always just been a part of, of who I am with this. Um, not hiding my little secret, you know, over here of what we do. <laughs> it's just like, hey, what do you? Oh, how do you do that? Oh, that's how you fly your drone like that. Oh, okay. He doesn't, you know, like, you know, I think he did his bear hunt. I gave him all of my lapses because I've always been passionate about solar lapses. And and then, you know, he didn't know how to do that. He watched me do that. And then he had some amazing drone footage that I didn't have. And we shared that with each other and bumped <laughs> each other up, you know. And same thing that we just did this spring, which we'll talk about later. But I oh, mean, I with, with the boys in Michigan, I mean, we had, but I've got like, so with Crimson Trail, it's me and, um, then John is is he edits his stuff and he edits under Foxtail Media. Um, I'm Five O Media, and then um, one of our ambassadors from from Nexus that we've known over the years now, uh, Brian Wenzel. Um, he comes on board with us um, last spring, and we give him. You know, he's a Marine, so um, we say you know, come up with something because you know how to edit and you know you're coming along well and you know how to film. And so he's seventeen seventy five Media, and then just through this, you know, ambassador program that we'll talk about later that, that we're all part of, um, you know, I meet Ron Howard and, and introduce Ron to Chris Labarge uh, from Canada. And then they had something going and now they've joined us. So we've, we've dumped them on board with us and Chris does all their, all the editing and, um, and we're working with him. He's going to come up with, so I got four people who edit, we have, you know, similar styles, but you know, like, Crimson Trail isn't just me editing. It's, you know, it's mm -hmm. four of us. And we, we have, you know, some continuity to the show. We try to make as much continuity as we can. But there's there's actually four people editing and, and growing in their skill sets and and using this. You know, I know John does a lot of marketing for his, his other his business that he, that he was self-employed uh, with his painting business. And now he's working for, you know, he's working with his brother, brother-in-law and um in a collision uh, business and he's doing marketing and stuff for them because of skills that he learned from just this right here and you know i'm fortunate because you know i'm filming and editing all the time with my weddings and with other commercials and things that i do um so that's really helped my you know, helped me to grow but one thing i've learned about this and then i'll shut up about it <laughs> is nobody ever arrives in this if you if i ever hear somebody act like it or think that they've arrived in the editing or creative business i always just kind of steer clear of them because you never stop learning or growing you oh, never, never there's always something new to learn there's always something creative to go about and um you know whatever it is and so having those four guys around me and I, and you know that you know you know jake stevens and 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 zach sloan we were talking about that the whole time and Chris of ours, we were talking about editing and filming and everything when we were turkey hunting in Michigan this past spring. Yep. And when they were down here with us, I mean, it's just like we're always growing. Oh, yeah, I like how you do that. Oh, man, how'd you do this? We're sharing. It's called collaboration. For and sure. I feel like, you know, that in other industries that I've worked in, the wedding world and stuff, they can kind of be to themselves a little bit as, you know, companies. But I feel like in the hunting world that we see that in pockets. But I really promote a lot of, you know, let's collaborate. There's not everybody that we can collaborate with. You collaborate with people who are 
close to or you know not not so far away from you that you know you can never you're not going to be attaining their skills for a while but that's how we grow and um, i just feel like we need more of that in the hunting industry carbon tv is free that's why i went with them i went exclusive with carbon tv in 2019 um and that was just an amazing that family of carbon tv is just absolutely amazing and um and being exclusive with them i have no shame you know and and no i know i understand that not everybody can get on carbon tv um and i like it that they have some pretty high standards and that they're getting even more standards um but like for me you know free is free yeah. and um and you know and, and so i don't make any money off of this mm-hmm. my our, my partners i don't i don't make we don't make money off of this i didn't get swag until this past year <laughs> All right. we, we were using a cricket of one of our family members yeah. and making some stuff for ourselves but like we didn't we never really you know like swag and i mean we've been doing this for like crimson trails like well like five years now and then we just got swag and you know um because we we're just so super inundated with just trying to create good content and grow and tell stories i mean that's really all it is just telling stories oh, for sure being what, unique about it. what made you go with a carbon tv over like a youtube for me, I was doing YouTube. Our first two seasons were, were on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had pr- approached Carbon TV early on and, and I got kind of snubbed by them, which is fine. I mean, it was like Bill Winky's show. I mean, I thought I'd try to do that. Like I said, he was eons ahead of his time with that streaming, you know, semi-live, you know, stuff. Now look at us. Right. And um, and so he would, I guess, be kind of the grandfather of all of that. And so... Like I got, I got turned down, officially turned down from them. I just, I'm going to get better. And I tried carbon TV and um, I got kind of snubbed, but I didn't realize they were kind of in between, you know, presidents and ownership or whatever. And this one day out of the blue, I, I had just like, you know, I'm going to try one more time. It'd been about a year and a half and I tried and boom, I, Julie McQueen got right back with me and um, in autumn and set up a meeting with me. And like, I had two seasons under my belt and they were like, we like your stuff. Come on board. And I jumped on with them. And then at the end of season three, they talked to me about being exclusive and just some of the benefits of that. And I was like, yep, you know, we're not putting it. We and I haven't put any of our stuff on YouTube since season two. And, and so, yeah, going exclusive is, is a, is a win-win for us. And, and I love it because there's everything there. And, um, and it's just, a, they've, they've grown, they've made, uh, since Julie's taken over, um, she's just made that platform just amazing. And it just keeps getting better. Um, it's not perfect. It's got some, you know, gross stuff going on, but it's mm-hmm. it's being run by some awesome ladies, and that's probably why it's so successful. <laughs> <laughs> no, ego, there's no, there's no, there's no male egos involved in the hierarchy of Carbine TV, and 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 I hate to be this way, but there's a lot of egos in the hunting industry, oh, and um, and especially when it comes to content creation and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. To go kind of go back on what you're talking about a second ago, not to backtrack by any means, but you were talking about, uh, you know, collaboration and everybody talking about, uh, you know, you giving pointers on, on editing and that sort of thing. I actually was paying attention too, uh, mm. and when I put 
my turkey video together from from well both my turkey videos from this past year um i was messing with saturation quite a bit uh as you were pointing out and i was like man that really does look a whole lot better so i was paying attention i promise (laughs) yeah we we had a lot of so just spilling it out there we we got together with uh, you had already made a connection with yeah we can go ahead and talk about turkey camp you know me and zach were it was uh it was a tiktok comment um and was when i first started doing this podcast uh and we went back and forth i'm like hey man jump on the show uh so we we did a show me him and jake and uh one thing led to another and we were talking about turkey hunting and swapping hunts and collaborating and stuff and uh, they're like, I was like, man, they were talking about turkeys, all these turkeys. And I'm like, I'll trade you a deer hunt for a turkey hunt. And they're like, really? Yeah, let's do it. So that's what kicked that whole thing off. And then, uh, with you guys coming up there and joining, it was an unreal experience. So I was, so, the, so 2020, I get everything mixed up in, in dates <laughs> and stuff, but, um, it wasn't this, it was the Louisville ATA. So two years ago, mm-hmm. um, ATA was closed down for COVID and then it reopened in Louisville and it was kind of weird. And, um, and at that time I had been a part of the, the, the Nexus ambassador program, which is Scentlock and blocker and Oz and, 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 and whitewater fish and hardcore and all that. But primarily Scentlock for me is what drew me to that because I, you know, I'd gotten been wearing Scentlock for years. Then I kind of got back into it again. And um, so push, you know, long story short, um, that year, I, that 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 winter, I was getting ready to actually take over the running the ambassador program for Nexus, and um, I was at ATA, and some guys had come into the booth, and they were like, you know, hey, you know, we're interested in you know becoming pro staff, or well, they didn't, you know, all the terms out there. Right. You know, we call it ambassador program there here at our at ours, and 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 Steve, the marketing director, said that's the guy you want to talk to. And I literally just walk in the booth. There's the guy. I turn around and I got. You know, I can remember, I can see as plain as day. So there's, there's Zach Sauvel, Um There's, um, who else was there? Adam, Zach Sloan, um, Adam Jones was there. Matt Spittler was there. So I'm already intimidated by, by Matt and, and Adam <laughs> Jones, because they're just big dudes that yeah. they can, you know, roll, steamroll you, just one of them by themselves and both of them together. And um, I, I don't remember if anybody else was there. I think it was just those five. And we started talking and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a dude, I'm a people person. So I'm yakking. I'm there talking about it. And I said, give me a couple of months, give me a month. And here's my card, get a hold of me and we'll get you guys, you know, roll you guys into our ambassador program. And they were talking about their footage. And I go, well, let me just see what you guys got. And they showed me one of their episodes on YouTube. And I'm like, I knew right away, these guys, these guys got a knack for it. They're, they're passionate about it and they're, they're trying to learn. And, and they already had a, they were way further along than a lot of other people's stuff that I had seen that, you know, walk up and say, I've got a YouTube show. Right. And, um, and I was like, and they're like, really? Like, and, and you know, and you know, and you know, Sloan. So he was like, really? Like, do you like this? And I'm like, I, I wouldn't say I liked it if I didn't. And I said, and you know, obviously there's, there's areas that you can grow in. And I said, you know, look at my stuff and you'll say the same thing. And we became instant friends. And, um, and then that fall, that was in January in October. Um, I, I, um, Matt Spittler had hired me to come up to Michigan and film his wedding. And we just had a ball. I mean, we just oh, partied. We just had a great time. And I said, you guys got to quit pulling me off and talking about deer hunting and stuff. 
I got a business. I mean, I've got to film his wedding. They actually literally hired me to film their wedding, not just to <laughs> hang out and talk with you guys. But it was a great time. And then we started talking about that and coming up and doing a turkey hunt. And and then lo and behold, you had already had this going on. And then we ended up in camp in May. And he's like, well, we got, you know, he came down and hunted with you. And I'm like, well, where are you at? He's like, Knightstown. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, bro, that's my county. But I was busy. I'm busy in the fall like that with weddings. And I never got to hook up with him. But yeah, So you should have just came over and hung out. We just all showed up together. I mean, in, in turkey camp, we, nobody, I mean, you, they did the best. They, they did the best recollection of the whole, the whole thing. But I mean, we killed seven birds. You killed inch and a half spur birds. Yeah. I killed a, you know, a bird with inch and a half spurs. Anton killed a bird with inch and a half spurs. The Indiana boys went up there and oh, we yeah. were just like, we killed seven <laughs> birds in 24 or 28 hour period. I think it was. Yeah. And it was legit. I mean, like it was like, they were working for the birds and mm-hmm. I mean, it was just amazing. So I guess if you're listening, you can watch my version of it on Carbon TV <laughs> right. from the season six, and you can watch um, Blue River bow hunting's version of it. But I would say watch the mid state. I watched it again the other day. I, was, I watch it all the time. Man. <laughs> like, like they had two or three episodes of it, and 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 so I would say that Zach capsulized it the whole weekend. The craziness of it, the best out yeah. of all of our versions, and. And I mean, like Ron killed that first night. We just barely got into camp. I mean, I wiggled my way in. I was having truck issues, and and we're out. And he kills a turkey right. He kicked it off. He he, oh, he, he put kicked the, it off. He put the energy up there, way way up there. He does everywhere he goes. Ron's energy level is legit. It's real. It's genuine. And and then the next morning, you smashed that bird, and then that was it. And then Anton killed, and then it was just like it was like boom 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 boom. <laughs> and then me and Jake Stevens doubled to end it all, and. I wasn't even going to hunt this whole, that whole weekend was me filming Anton kill a bird. And then I was just going to relax and hang out and get to get to know everybody a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, he shoots his bird. I'm like, you got to get a tag. You got to get a tag. We had to keep hunting. And I'd already seen all the birds I'd seen. I'm like, ah, yeah, let's go to the store. Let's get a tag. So <laughs> <laughs> it, was no, it was so funny. You, you, uh, you got us pretty good a couple times. I don't know yeah. how you did it the second time. Yeah. I, we should have seen it coming a mile away. Yeah. You're like, uh, you know, I'm buying a tag, you know, the boy, uh, he got one shot at it. It's my turn or what? I can't even remember exactly what yeah. you said. And I was thinking when you said it, I'm like, dang, man, that's kind of cold. You guys didn't know me that well. I, no, had to keep no. it, I had to keep it mostly from Ron because Ron knew me well enough that he knew that I would never kill a turkey before one of my kids. <laughs> right. You know, I'm putting all the energy into filming it and making it happen. And he knew that. So I had to be real creative about how I told the story to, to Ron and, and to Adam because because Ron would have spilled the beans on it. And he was kind of like, but then he did, but I, I convinced him enough, you know, that, you know, like uh, we got a lot of turkeys and he just wanted me to get a tag, but man, what a ball we had with oh, that. And that's all about collaboration. That's what it is. Sure. And friendship. And, you know, uh, yeah, I can't wait till next spring. There's- oh, I and it's and it's awesome because I can still do the other trips that I normally do because yeah. we we didn't go up there until May, uh, which in May in Indiana turkey hunting it doesn't really play nope. out that well. <laughs> no, and up in Michigan, you know, it's it's really just getting good, especially up that part of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some of the best times right there. I, I had gone home to hunt in the area because I, when I was growing up, turkeys weren't around up there. They were around, but I mean, you didn't really see them. And that population has exploded in Mich- in Michigan. And I, and I went home a couple times when I moved back to Indiana and I was going back way too early. I was going there in 
you know, early or late April, like, like the, you know, early season. And it was like, man, these birds are still like flocked up, you know, like they're not responding to anything. And and I can remember a farmer saying one of the properties we're hunting goes, see those bushes over there when they're all, when they all bloom white, that's when you need to be here. And so we started coming up in May. And then when they said, when they gave me the dates, I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be perfect. So um, this year we've, we talked, we made it, we've already made a pact that there's going to be a few of us that are going to bow hunt. And we're also adding a little something. So I'll just throw it out here publicly now Yeah. that um, as we do this, um, there's going to be some competitions. We're going to have a Ooh. traveling trophy I and like it. I like some it. competition and some points to be earned um, from the video perspective and the turkey hunting perspective. So, so we're going to spice it up a little bit and, um, and that annual uh, turkey hunt there is going to be pretty crazy. So, that's and we're going to try to do a deer one in Indiana uh, next, next winter. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That'd be pretty cool. It'll too. Be good. But, I'll try, uh, I'll try not, try not to dive into the, uh, the bush lights too early on Friday. next yeah. time. <laughs> Every time we came back in the afternoon, uh, Brett was, uh, Brent Not was, every was, time. Yeah, he was he was pretty much uh, laying in the camper sleeping. So I think we woke you up that, that with with a couple of those birds and dipped some models on your forehead or something. But uh, it was fun. It was. I mean, we just have a great time. And, oh, for uh, sure. And and so yeah, and and there's some guys that can give you a run for your money on the on the bush lattes and oh, for some, sure. other, some other adult beverages so i i i, I slowed it up after the first night I, I was just excited to be there and you know it, it's fun to hang out with all them guys i feel like i've known them for 30 yes. years you know they're honestly are I, I talk to sloan every we talk every day yeah uh, we're yep. like best friends from yep. you know, another you know brothers from another mother that's what this that's what this industry industry should be all about is those friendships and those connections. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know a lot of people in the outdoor industry. There's some core people that I have now, in, 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 including this little group that we're talking about here that will be my lifelong friends. Oh, and, um, you know, it's, you know, companies, you know, and programs may have brought our paths across each other. But, man, you spend any time around a campfire in the woods with, with brothers and sisters of the hunting world, um, it's, it's so easy to, to connect and become lifelong friends. So you know and nobody's got an ego everybody's just having a good time growing learning you know drop your you know the filming is just a fun part of it you know it's not what why we do what we do so absolutely um, well i know you've touched on it several times but let's talk about it a little bit more the ambassador program how you got into your position position running everything um let's just talk about the ambassador program yeah so um so i was I was approached um, by the a previous lead that was that actually had started the program with Scentlock, um, and uh, in like 2017 about coming over and being back being a part of the program he had just started, mm-hmm. and me being the the content guy that I was, um, it wasn't long into that program that that they developed some positions there as leads and stuff of the program, and um, and I was kind of over the uh, and actually John joined me John Reese um, as the content lead. And so it was, it's, it's, it's unlike any other program out there. It's not, I say it's not, it's not your average pro staff or field staff, which I really hate those terms. And I, and I actually hate the term influencer (laughs) anymore. Um, It's, you know, you know, just be you, but you know, like, so, you know, I covered a lot of the content Um, actually in between um, some of the uh, like just during COVID really, 
um, the, the, the social media guy had, had kind of left to go do some other things. Um, he was subcontracted. He wasn't like a full-time paid staff. And the marketing director at the time, like, was like, man, I don't know what we're going to do. And I said, you know, my wife is a, is a teacher, but she knows how to, she's pretty good with social media. She's not a hunter. And he like said, well, your peanut butter and that chocolate, you know, let's, let's do a Reese's <laughs> cup here. And I was running the content and it was COVID. Everything was just like, and she was teaching her in a home. And um, so she started doing the social media for, for Blocker and Lock, um, those two Nexus companies, and uh, which is what our ambassador program primarily consists of. Yep. And, um, and so that was, that was a fun time. And then when she got back in the classroom, she was like, ah. And she handed it back to Steve and said, you need somebody in-house. And um, so that, that kind of went away. And, and in that time, um, the, the, the core lead at the time that, that was running the program um, stepped uh, into some other things and um, Nexus approached me and said, Hey, you know, you know, the program pretty well, you do a pretty good job. You're, you know, you're a people person. Would you consider taking this over? And it worked out good because at that time in my life, I was gaining a little bit of time because I was, because I was getting ready to early retire and, and go full fledged into my wedding business. So I had a little bit more time to uh, engage into the, into the program. So yeah, we've got about, um, uh, we've got close to 500 ambassadors across the United States and Canada that promote and wear as Nexus. Um, we come, you either come on as a scent lock or as a blocker, but um, you know, we, you know, I, I've got, I mean, I mean, I'm wearing a blocker shirt right now, <laughs> right. you know, and um, you know, I've got some blocker suits that I love to wear. And then, you know, I primarily got my core scent lock is what I wear, but, um, you're a blocker guy, but you know, we got guys that, that go both ways. That's what we say. I'm, I'm going to be going both yeah, ways, uh, to yeah. surprise you. I was, I was going to surprise you there at the end of the show. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm putting together a, a mid season suit, uh, okay. in, in scent lock. So yeah. I, um, you, you saw me cause, cause last year, last spring, uh, blocker launched its uh, finisher series for the Turkey world. Mm-hmm. Um, really kind of improving on that and making that a really good, um, product line. And we, we introduced it at the NWTF and sold out of many of the products just at the NWTF last year. Um, that was pretty popular. And um, I, you know, and I love the suit, but it went so fast. I didn't even get my hands on, on anything, but some of the, some of the really light tops. Um, and, and I'm not that guy who everything is better in bottom land, no offense. And uh, I probably just lost half of my Southern audience right there, but, um, but, um, and, and to kind of prove that, um, I've kind of, I've kind of enjoyed the, uh, the, the new Terra it's, it's exclusive pattern to, to Nexus. Um, and it's the Terra outland, yep. um, similar to the Terra Gala, but it's got more of the, a lot more greens and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I really like that pattern. So last year, because I didn't have the finisher series in completeness, um, I, I wore that and and I wore it in an early season scent lock suit, and and I and it was it worked out pretty good for me. I, I really grew to like that mm-hmm. um, that that pattern and and a lot of the scent locks early season suits, just because they're comfortable and um, and they're lightweight. So uh, yeah, um, so we've got you know the best of both worlds in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of camaraderie. And that's what I've injected into the program. A lot of is, you know, is trying to build that camaraderie. Um, we've had a, an annual turkey hunt down at uh, an outfitter in Southern Indiana, Triple O. Mm-hmm. Um, this coming year will be our sixth annual, which is hard to believe. So um, we, the first one, actually, it'll be our fifth. 
Um, the first one was actually the spring of 2020 and 324. Yep. So this will be our fifth one this year. And we have a great camaraderie ambassadors coming in from all over the United States. Um, and, you know, we just get to know each other and we build that camaraderie and we just promote that, you know, getting together and hanging out mm -hmm. instead of just it all just being online. It's mostly online, but we, we like that when, when people hunt together and hang out and grow friendships. And we've got ambassadors that, you know, travel a little bit and they, they come to each other and meet up and hang out in small groups. But I mean, we always get together at ATA or whoever's there with other companies or whatnot. NWTF is a big meeting time for, for all the ambassadors, and other local shows and stuff. So I feel like our ambassador program does a lot of that. You know, we love and we're passionate about blocker and scent lock. Um, we've got the whitewater fishing gear now and we've got hardcore waterfowl, but like, and we, we, ha we, we razz each other and the blocker versus scent lock yeah. and all that. But the reality of it is we just have a great camaraderie and we have a great team and, um, and, and appreciate the the freedom that, that Nexus gives us to be able to to have the program and uh, to just have that camaraderie and 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 share these these awesome products to, together. So I I really enjoyed the the monthly uh you know monthly deals uh you know kind of making us competitive sort of speak of putting content together with everything. I, I really enjoyed those. Mm -hmm. And I, and I kind of tend to lean towards the content side because it's, it was my role for uh, two years. And, and now coming up in, in January here, it'll be two years that, that I've actually been um, the core lead running the program. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I lean on that content, but we've got, we've got, um, you know, that's what we've got is we've got, you know, we've got to share things on socials, but yeah. You know, to me, that that grassroots one on one, you know, talking to your friends, talking to the people in your pro shop and, you know, that's more convincing that organic content than just sharing, you know, sales posts and stuff and oh, for sure. you know, beat a dead horse there. But, you know, yeah, it is what it is. I mm -hmm. mean, social media is a part of our lives. You TikTok, I don't TikTok. Right. So, I mean, there's our generational difference. You and you and you and Zach Sloan can TikTok all day long. <laughs> well, um, you know, you know, you've talked TikTok. about it before uh, through the um, ambassador program. How attention span of some of these people and the 30 second reels and all that sort of thing. Uh, you know, when it comes to Blue River bow hunting, it was just an, another adventure down that rabbit hole where yep. I wanted to bring attention. You know, if you click on my TikTok account, you can go to my YouTube and podcast and all that mm -hmm. sort of thing. It was just another social media avenue that I went down and I kind of enjoy it sometimes. Good, good exposure. Yeah. I mean, like it's a, it's a diversified, you know, audience, um, you know, um, and then, you know, it's just like, I hate Facebook. If I didn't have, <laughs> right. if I wasn't running this program for Nexus, um, the only way, the only things I would be on social media for was my business, my wedding business and, um, maybe, you know, Crimson Trail and a little bit of hunting, but, um, it's, it's, it just gets weird sometimes out there in the social world. Oh, for sure. I literally created a, a, a Facebook account to be a part of, uh, the ambassador program. Cause I hadn't been on Facebook yeah. since like, uh, 2011 or something like that. Well, good for you. Um, <laughs> it's funny as I process applications, sometimes I, I come when I was doing it a couple of years ago, very rare to see somebody that would come on and we'd say, well, what are your social links? And to have somebody come on and say, 
you know, that they didn't have Facebook. <laughs> now I would say half the applications that come in, they don't, people don't have Facebook. So mm -hmm. I think that's a, I think that's a sign of the future and, um, and, and, and then, you know, see okay. what happens. But. Uh, trade shows. What trade shows do you have lined up for the, uh, 2024? Um, I am, um, in the works of getting ready to get things squared away to be at ATA mm -hmm. in January. Um, I've only missed one ATA since 2009 and the first five or six years I was under the retail side with my local shop. And then, um, and then fourth arrow got me, I was helping them out, uh, especially in the Indy, mm -hmm. um, with it being so close. Now it's in St. Louis. Uh, I was looking at the floor plan for that. Um, and it's half the size, hardly any of the major bow manufacturer there. It's, it's a I'm hoping they can, you know, keep it afloat and keep things going. Um, you know, I'm okay with it being different, but um, it's hard to, to go to a, a trade show for archery equipment and five of the eight, you know, major bow companies aren't even anymore. So mm -hmm. I think that kind of sends the wrong message, um, but whatever, we'll be there. Um, I'll be there with Nexus and, and hanging out with Fourth Arrow and my buddies over at Deer Crossing Archery, which nice. are going to be there for the first time this year. That's um, cool. you know, again, just it's a, to me, it's just a reconnecting with people in the industry and you know, collaborating again and hanging out and coming up with some, some cool ideas. But mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of fun. If that, um, I'll be at the NWTF, I mean, that's more of a retail store show, but mm -hmm. man, each, uh, NWTF is 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 where it's at, in my opinion. It is amazing fun. Um, you don't get much sleep when you're at the NWTF because. You know, you go from morning till six thirty, grab some dinner, and then you go out and hang out with friends until the wee hours in the morning. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you can only do a couple of two or three days of that, and woof. Yeah, but, you're wore out. Um, I can't speak for sure, but I'm pretty sure Blocker's probably going to be there again um, with the Fisher Series, and um, we'll be helping out there. Um, and then, of course, I make it to the Indiana Deer Turkey and Waterfowl. Oh yeah. So. I, yeah. You know, small show, uh, state level show, but you know, it's it's fun to go walk through. And oh, I love it there. This will be on. my second year uh, working it with uh, the Exact Archery uh, company from Nebraska. Some broadheads that okay. I shoot, and uh, last year was the first uh, first year I got to work with them, and uh, I had a blast, man. It was a four day show. This year is only a three day mm -hmm. show, um, but I'm looking okay. forward to it. I met a lot of a lot of cool people, and I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, have you ever been to the uh, – have you ever been to Harrisburg before? That's a great – I have. Oh, I've no. wanted to go to that one because that's like the biggest one, right? I've only been once. I went in 2020, um, February, uh, helping another company um, out there for a couple of days. It's a long show. It's nine days, so mm -hmm. it, it can be pretty exhausting. Um, any trade shows – if you say trade show to me now, I, I, I cringe a little bit because it equals lots of work. Um, <laughs> yeah, I bet. And, so, um, and lots of fun, so very little sleep, but – yeah, that's a good show that um, is fun to get to, and I've always wanted to try to get back out there again. Um, it's a big tail show, and it's it's pretty cool. So, yeah, the NRA show is is fun. So if you can get out to the Great Great American Sportsman show, it's it's a good read too. So, um, but yeah, that's I mean, the the, sh the trade show season just equals work for me. So I, I helped Fourth Arrow last. I don't go to the Indiana show every year, so when they come, I try to go help them out. Um, I talk to I talked to Zach over at Boontown Seeds about going over there and helping, helping maybe sit in the booth, help him out a little bit. Um, 
they made great seeds. I haven't used them yet, but I've seen the results. But I've I've bought a couple of EX off of off of Zach. So when he had Spartan e-bikes, so that's one thing I'd like guy. to get. Other Indiana fellows. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got I've got two about to have my third one here probably by the end of the year, and um, they will change the way you do scouting at hunting. Um, some of the places that Anton and I get in and out of, like you would be you would be stripped down to your to your boxers to try not to sweat get into them and um it just i just love the the portability of and the quickness the lack of scent that you leave mm-hmm. it's changed our game and i think I, I attribute a lot of the reasons besides the fact that we that we were a scent lock and that we um, hunt the wind still too and that we you know treat our clothes with with ozone periodically throughout the hunting season we, we manage that the we can but adding to that, I, I guess you would say that arsenal of, of tools in the toolbox, um, e-bikes have really helped us. I mean, he saw deer the whole month of October. I think he only went to the stand once and he didn't see deer and have, you know, even shot opportunities that he was passing up. So mm-hmm. um, I say e-bikes help us get in, get out quick, you know, scent, even more scent free than walking in for Thirty minutes, even twenty minutes, some of our sets, mm-hmm. leaving all kinds of scent, and as in out done, yeah. checking cards in the summertime, same thing, in out, you know, so not right well, in there quiet. So, well, if you go to sell any of them other two, I want to be a first call. On that. All right, yeah, <laughs> you need to come over sometime and uh, and poke around on one, and you'll and you'll you'll be sold. So yeah, they're great. We we run the we run the twenty inch tire ones because they're. Uh, I can put them in the back of my truck, standing up, and I don't have. To, I can just fold the handlebars down. Um, they're they're pretty portable too. So I mean, you know, they're easier. They're easier than you would think to, you know, to to operate. So I would yeah. like it to to have one for when we make our trip to uh, Missouri. Uh, the particular property we hunt, public land. There's a big gravel road that runs directly down the center of this place, but you're not allowed to drive your truck. But mm-hmm. the DNR said you are allowed to take an e-bike. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't see anybody doing that, uh, but I could. There's some places I scouted on foot that took me uh, a long time to get to on foot, and I yep. imagine if I was on that bike, uh, I wouldn't be sweating as much, and I would probably put me in a pretty good spot. Yeah, you're not leaving a huge footprint. I mean, you can you know you can get in there and um, you can you can move about the properties pretty quickly. So yeah, definitely. Yep. Definitely pretty cool, and they're becoming more and more affordable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've bought I've bought both of my more expensive style bikes um, from 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 Zach and, and and when Austin was with him, and they had the, the Spartan e bikes, which he's still going to keep going a little bit. But I mean, like, I I they were at a price point. I was buying them either you know store or floor models or used. Um, the only bike I bought brand new was was a rad power bike, um, and they were just they've been around for a long time, but they were just creeping into the industry where I could actually afford it. And um, right. and it was a wheel wheel power base, and, and not the, not the center hub, but um, you know twelve thirteen hundred dollars. It's still a lot of money to me, but mm-hmm. compared to the four and five and six thousand dollars you can dump on an e bike, um, you know that it was it's it was attainable and it's and it's funny because my rad is 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 a is a is a wheel um power base and not to get into all the details of all these bikes but i've had zero issues with that bike at all 
And so, um, and we've got our, our other bikes squared away now with some unique uh, changes that we've made to them to help them to not. Um, the biggest thing with some of those bikes is the derailers ripping off and, you know, cornfields, cut cornfields and right. cut bean fields and stuff. But um, uh, we've made some adjustments to them to, to help that to not happen anymore. But I mean, there's bikes out there now that are, that are affordable. So, yeah. but, well, yeah, I, I will, I will, uh, I'll ask you one final question. Uh, what is your dream hunt? If you haven't, if you've already been on it, tell me about it. If not, let's hear it. My dream hunt is uh, I would always love to shoot an elk with a bow. Um, and I know the years and years and years of practice and being in shape and everything that guys do to go out and make that happen. Um, but my attainable one is black bear hunting. I love black bear hunting. So I have a, um, I have my dad's old recurve. He's been dead since 2020. And, um, and in 2019, um, 2018, my son Anton shot his first black bear, um, wearing my dad's hunting boots and made a short film about that. And keeping that on that trip home from Ontario, we talked about my dad's recurve. So I don't know if that thing even could even take a string right now. So I brought it to a, um, an archery shop, uh, Three Rivers Archery here in, in Northern Indiana, actually. They specialize in, in traditional archery. They, they looked at it. They were like, oh, yeah, string it up. No cracks, nothing wrong with it. This is an antique bow. It's actually a Shakespeare bow. They don't make bows, obviously, anymore. Recurves. Strung it up. Um, 2020 hit. And I got kind of bogarted by the borders being closed for three years. So we're back on that. We went back up this fall. And um, that is my dream hunt. When I, I am working hard to shoot, I've shot a lot of black bears with my compound bow. And they're fun. It's a, it's a rush. But the, 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 the recurve black bear hunt, successful black bear hunt, that, is, that, will be my, um, that will be my highlight of my hunting career. So, and, I, and I plan to take traditional archery a little bit further with deer hunting maybe even turkey hunting um with traditional archery after that um but it'll be with a different bow i'm going to retire my dad's bow after that happens and um that is it black bear with a recurve that's actually on my list as well i would love uh i almost actually had one planned out a couple years ago to go to virginia on a black bear hunt didn't happen uh, I think it was some some of the same lines as you're talking about. 2020, a lot of stuff didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, but I think my number one still is uh, shooting a big old bull moose, man. I don't know what yeah. gets me going about that, but I think it'd be a blast. It's um, I filmed a moose hunt in Maine um, one time when I was up there, and that was the closest in the woods on their on their turf that I had been to moose. And I saw, I saw a lot of moose from the road up in Maine. Um, that is, that would be a, a, an attainable hunt. That would be a blast. So yeah, that's a good hunt. I hope you can do it. I hope so too. One of these days, I'll get you on the black bear hunt. Come up with me. Hey, I would be on that in a heartbeat, yeah. buddy. You have to yeah. give me I'll some talk details. To you later. I'll give you the details, but for uh, sure. Well, well uh, I appreciate you, uh, spending your, uh, your evening with me and, and talking you, some hunting, you know, we didn't dive yeah. into some of this stuff, but that don't mean you can't hop back on here with me again. One time. <laughs> we'll, do it. we'll do it again. Um, and um yeah appreciate it brother thanks no problem man uh throw some plugs out there uh crimson trail and all that sort of stuff yep well um exclusive carbon tv um that's where we're at if you go to carbon tv and crimson trail is right there we're in the exclusives or just search for us um 
Yep. We hope you enjoy it. I mean, we have a lot of fun. We get a lot of kids hunting and we've got a lot of kids in our little team, our little family. Um, and we love to collaborate. So absolutely get out there and do it. Have a good time. Watch us. We appreciate it. Well, uh, everybody, I appreciate you in podcast land. If you're still listening, uh, if you're on the YouTube, thank you. Hit that like and subscribe button for us. And, uh, we'll be back here again next week for episode 69. See ya.